<laughs> yeah. I know. I, I wish I still had the crushed red velvet vest with the very large collar shirt underneath it. I wish I still had that outfit, though. I think I remember it was very difficult to make you smile. Hi, I'm Aaron Selbig. And we are the Latchkey Kids. Woohoo! Yeah, what? Hmm. How many episodes? That is a good question. Yes, what what a lead in. <laughs> it feels big. It feels important. It feels like a momentous occasion today because this, Dr. Amy, is our 20th episode of the Latchkey Kids. Oh, God. Jeez, I didn't know you were going to take it there but yeah that's true i guess yeah you know there's some podcasts that are have done thousands of episodes and that's great for them we're gonna celebrate 20 because it feels like a lot because <laughs> you know why we put a lot of love and heart and energy into each and every episode for you dear listener and this one is no exception because this is dr amy's idea and i have to say this is once i got cooking on this list I got really excited. Dr. Amy had the idea to celebrate our 20th episode. Let's count down the top 20 events of the 1980s. How about that? I was looking for more excitement from you, Dr. Amy. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, they might. Yeah, we might have missed something. Yeah. Yeah. We did. Yeah, no, it's really fun. We, we got a lot. We put the question out there. You know, to to for some of our listeners to help us with this episode with ideas of big events of the '80s, and we got a ton of feedback, and we have used a lot of it in this list. So thank you to all the folks. We're going to shout out some of you uh, who gave us some really good suggestions for this. This was tough, and and Dr. Amy and I did it together. We kind of passed the list back and forth, and we refined it a little bit here and there. And you know, it's I think it's pretty good. I'm pretty happy with the result. We're rolling. It's 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 definitive, is what it is. Like this is going to be this is going to end up in the Smithsonian for for the 1980s museum that they're building. I heard that's shaped like a giant Pac-Man machine. I don't know. <laughs> it's inside of a shopping mall. I heard the I heard the curator is Debbie Gibson. I, <laughs> and when you walk in, they give you a free Debbie Gibson hat that you have to wear at a weird angle. Yeah. 
Um, where were we going with this? So we're going to count down 20 to 1. Now, one thing I think we should tell folks is this isn't just the biggest newsy events of the 1980s, although a lot of these are newsy events. We were also kind of going for, all right, well, what were some of the big like cultural events as well? So this is hopefully a little bit of a mix of those things, you know? For sure. So there's plenty of those sprinkled in as well. Are we ready to get started? Let's do it. I'm going to kick things off. Are we ready for number 20? Yep. All right. The what are you, What's going on over there? Are you okay? <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you dropped your book on yourself or something. Okay, we're good. Coming in at number 20 on the top 20 events of the 1980s. It happened on October 19th of 1987. I do remember this. The Black Monday stock market crash. Yeah, all I really remember about this was I was in school. I was in I let's see, in 1987, I was uh I was a freshman in high school, I think. Okay. And my math teacher seemed quite concerned. Oh. So he must have had some money tied up in the stock market. That would be my guess. Oh, I just remember, you know, when I was 11 or something, but yeah, just Yeah. But, you know, I think we've seen worse since in 2008 ended up. I mean, I don't know that I'm not an economist or anything, but just from at street level where I was sitting at, I think that was worse. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Has that has that changed really? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, maybe so. Everybody was driving around in their white Lamborghinis. I remember it. Let's move on. Oh, yeah. So, 1989, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't there when the wall came down, but I was there the next year in 1990. Uh, I joined the Army. And we did some training there in Berlin. There was a, there's an urban warfare training center in Berlin for the U.S. Army. And there used to be a big U.S. Army presence there. I'm not sure if that's still the case. I think we've closed a lot of our bases in Germany. Anyway, I went there and did some urban warfare training. And while we were there, we went to Brandenburg Gate. And pieces of the wall were still standing. And... I mean, it was very strange because, I mean, the strangest part was walking through the Brandenburg Gate and into East Berlin, and it was like 10 degrees colder. All of the buildings are just these slabs of concrete. I mean, it was the Soviet Union like just a year before, 
And uh, it was very strange. And we walked around and it was kind of eerily quiet. And there were a lot of uh, military, uh, German military all around. Um, And then there were people selling chunks of the Berlin Wall at all these little tables. And they were like, people were walking by because they were just at that time, they were considered like, "Eh, they're just little tchotchkes. There was thousands and thousands of them because the wall was, you know, I don't know how long, very long. And, uh, you know, so I bought, I did buy a little chunk of the Berlin Wall about the size of my hand, and I gave it to Dad. And I don't know, I don't know if Dad still has it or not. (laughs) I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him. Yeah, I got to find out. But that was a very, and I ended up going back to Berlin every year for the next couple of years. Had a lot of fun there. Berlin is a wonderful city. It's really unique in Europe because... Uh, during World War II, it was completely annihilated. And so that Berlin is more of a modern city. All of the buildings and the tall buildings downtown are, you know, since the 50s at least, because they didn't they don't have very much ancient architect architecture there because it was all destroyed during the war. So unlike a lot of places in Europe, it, it feels a lot different there. But it's kind of exciting. It always has an exciting vibe. There's a lot going on. It's, it's known for its crazy nightlife. There's a lot of artists that live there. And it's a cool town. It really is. You should go there. Yeah. Yeah. Climbing over the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Pink Floyd did a concert there not long after. I was I don't remember what year that was exactly. I don't think that I don't I think I was out of the army by by then, but anyway, a little piece of history there, the Berlin Wall coming down. That is number 19. You know this is going to be a good list when the Berlin Wall only makes 19. Uh Night, uh, coming in at number 18 on our list of top 20 events of the 80s, the Rubik's Cube craze. Oh I still have mine. Uh, yeah. Let me go grab it. Okay, we'll grab it. I mean, yeah, See? Really. <laughs> I'm trying to get it now. Yep, it still has staying power. I still have mine. I I play with it all the time. I I sort of know how to solve it. I it'll take me forever though. <laughs> but yeah. It is an algorithm. It's a f- yeah. It's basically a very long series of movements that you have to do and the trick is remembering them all in the right order and yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you know, the, there's the, maybe the Rubik's Cube is its own episode, but there's also the thing these days is to see how fast you can solve the Rubik's Cube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of change. Yeah, I remember that well, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, an incident. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, college students. Yeah. Yeah, the Berlin Wall. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Ryan. Let's go to number 16, the 1984 Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. This was a big deal. I remember mom was way into the 1984 Summer Olympics, and we watched it wall-to-wall coverage. It it probably helped that it was only one time zone away, so it wasn't like you had to watch it at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, But that Olympics was known for a few things. It was boycotted by the Soviet Union. It was a Cold War Olympics, you know. Um, Yeah, and uh, it was it was great. There were a lot of track stars. There was just a lot of uh, a lot going on. And to have it hosted in the U.S. was was fun. I don't remember having a summer Olympics in the U.S. in my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. You are. I definitely got that from mom. Mom was always really into the Olympics. Uh, but yeah, that one with the boycott, you know, how the, how the statement sort of exited. And um, so Rob on Facebook uh, thought we should definitely shout that one out. And then on the topic of Cold War and all of that, which we talked about a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. they didn't have our list, but Sam Powell on Facebook uh, mentioned this, and I'm like, oh, we got we to gotta just throw this out there. The, hmm. Oh, yeah, get under your desk. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, the, the, nu- the nuclear. Right. Well, we've talked uh, in bits and pieces about the movie The Day After, which we're, we're going to have to cover that more in depth. But that one of the lessons for me of watching that movie was like, oh, this whole hiding under the desk thing is a load of crap. <laughs> that's not, that's not going to save you when the whole school is like swept away. You know, that's, yeah. Okay. Let, let's go from, let's keep it moving. We're going to go to number 15 now, and we're combining, we're kind of cheating here. Uh, we're combining combining two related events that actually one of them was in 1985 and one of them was in 1986. Yeah. Hands across America. Hands across America. (laughs) We are the world. We are the children. We are the ones who make a brighter day. So let's start living, given. Okay, that's what it was, right? Uh, of course. So long ago, through Michael Jackson, wrote the song, and it was to raise money for Africans, famine relief. 
Right. And so it, it, but it had this whole cast of stars. Oh, everybody. everybody. Bob Dylan was in there for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Cindy Lauper. Uh huh. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Hands across America. All across America, yeah, from coast to coast. Yeah. I I lobbied Dad, and I think you did too. We both were like we begged because I believe it went through Arizona. I'm pretty sure. It w- it went through Arizona, and we were like, Dad, can we please, please, please go do Hands Across America? Please, please, please. And I don't know. Maybe we had something going on that weekend, but we didn't go. And I don't think they successfully completed the Hands Across America chain, but they definitely got a lot of people participating and raised a lot of money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. That is great. Were you imagining you were Lionel Richie? Is that what you were doing? Okay. All right. All right, number 13, 1981, the launch of MTV. This has got to be this has got to be its own topic on the Latchkey Kids. It will be in the future. It will be cuz this was this changed everything. And MTV, of course, still exists, but believe me, it is not like it was back in the 80s. And if you are our core audience, you know what I'm talking about. MTV was a game changer. I did, we didn't have cable TV, but we had friends that did. And so I would go over to Steve Wesby's house, and we would sit in his darkened basement, and we were just glued to MTV for hours until his mom would tell us to go outside or do something else. We would be there just just for hours. It was a true game changer. Do you know, Dr. Amy, what the first video was to air on MTV? Yes, everybody knows I think the first video, of course. And, and yeah? So apropos, of course, this video is called the radio show, which is totally weird, by the way. <laughs> well, kind of. Yeah, I mean, temporarily. Well, it wounded it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The Buggles, yes. Oh, the second video. Mm, gosh. Nineteen eighty one. I don't know. Was it the the cars? I have no idea. Really? You better Oh yeah. I'm going to have to have a cocktail party just to do that. That's great. So uh, we, we we let's let's stick a pin in this, Dr. Amy, because we definitely need to. I was I started thinking of all my favorite videos, Tom Petty, Peter Gabriel. But we can't do that right now because 
that'll turn into the whole show. And we, we still have 12 more events to get through. Oh my gosh, we skipped one. <laughs> I skipped it. Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. And, and how could I forget number 14? Because this one, I mean, if you were alive, <laughs> you remember this. <laughs> well, it's babe, it's happened in 19, it happened in, let's see, October 14th. 1987. It went on for two or three days. It was Baby Jessica. <laughs> Do you remember Baby Jessica? Baby Jessica was, she was a baby. She was 18 months old, and she fell into a well in Texas in her backyard, or her, her aunt's backyard in Midland, Texas. And it was live must-see TV for about two and a half days while rescuers worked around the clock to free baby Jessica from the well. And in the end, they did it. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 that was like, you know, I mean, cable TV had been around a little while, but that was like in my mind the first thing I remember of being like, you know, cable TV really like just going to that like 24-hour coverage, you know. Um and that was a huge. And I know there had been TV things like that before like the Kennedy assassination but in the 80s that was that was a big one yeah mm-hmm yeah yeah scary she's yeah Really? Super, super fascinating. So, um, Interesting. Yeah. All right. Sorry about rearranging the, the order there, but now we're going to get back on track. Number 12, The Wedding of Prince Charles and Lady Diana in 1981, which was watched worldwide by 700 million people. I was not one of them, I must say. I didn't really care. <laughs> right. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure she did. Yeah. What? <laughs> no. No, what are you talking about? Really? <laughs> I don't remember that. That must have been a ladies thing that you guys just did together. I don't remember that. Okay. <laughs> sure. 
<laughs> okay. Right. It didn't didn't end great. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I. listeners know this. I, I, I live in Michigan now, but I live 20 years in Alaska and consider myself an Alaskan. And if this show were in Alaska or this list were voted on by my fellow Alaskans, this would be number one, no question, because the effects of the Exxon Valdez oil spill are still being felt today. 11 million gallons of crude oil, that number's debated, by the way, it might be more than that, was spilled into the water in Prince William Sound, Alaska. It spread uh, 500 miles, affected 1,300 miles of shoreline, killed countless fish and shoreline wildlife and birds. And like I said, t still to this day, the effects are being felt. There, there was, before the Valdez spill, there was a robust and lucrative herring fishery that completely collapsed and never recovered and put a lot of people that lived in towns like Cordova and Valdez just completely out of business. And still, to this day, uh, that's the case. Um, it's been cleaned up as much as you can clean it up. But, you know, as, as Alaskans are painfully aware, cleaning up an oil spill in open ocean is no easy task, and uh, boy, I hope we don't have another one of those. It was uh, Joe Hazelwood was the guy that was the kind of the scapegoat of that, but he was the captain of the Valdez, and uh, he had been drinking, and turned the reins over, turned the command over to uh, someone else who wasn't as experienced, and they hit a they hit a uh, rock that everybody knew was there. And, uh, yeah, the rest, as they say, is history. There have been a lot of improvements to the, sh the freighters and the cleanup efforts since then. But still, I mean, something like that. Alaskans live in fear be because fishing is such a big deal there. They live in constant fear of something like that happening again. So, yeah, the Exxon Valdez oil spill. That's number 11. We're yeah, thanks, Elaine. Yeah. Yeah. Top 10 coming up next. And we're back. This is the Latchkey Kids. I'm still Aaron Selbig. Nothing has changed. Yep. 20th episode. This is our 20th episode. We are celebrating with a very special podcast today. This is very special, Amy. This is like the, this is, is Nancy Reagan going to come visit us and, and talk about drugs? Is that what's going to happen? Is this like when Punky Brewster got locked inside the refrigerator? Is it a very special episode? <laughs> 
It's almost that special. Top 20 events of the 1980s. We're running through, and we have come to number 10. Number 10, back in 1980, the eruption of Mount St. Helens in Washington State. I have, I have like kind of fuzzy memories of this. I do remember watching it on TV. I would have been uh, seven or eight years old, and I do remember all the adults uh, w- watching this on TV. Um, but other than that, <laughs> my memories is a little hazy. Yeah, it was a it was a big deal, and yeah, yep. All right, Mount St. Helens. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, it wasn't like it is today where you have professional hockey players it, it, this this ha- back then it had to be amateur players only the soviet union was a machine you know and and we had like a ragtag group of of college players go, going up against the soviet union we never beat them yeah right I have. Oh, yes. Yes. Probably. Yes. Well, it's it's famous for the call by Al Michaels, who's one of the greatest football announcers of all time. His call, Do You Believe in Miracles? I'm not going to try to imitate it, but that's it. But I have to correct you on one little thing, Dr. Amy. Okay. That, that little, a little fun fact, that, that game did not win the gold medal for the U.S. hockey team. That was a, a semifinal against the Soviets. Yeah. They went on, and it was Finland, and they were down in that game, too. Yeah, and they had to they had to come back and beat Finland to win the gold medal, which they did. Yeah, little fun fact there. Yeah, let's go to number eight on our list. This happened in 1981, and a hometown girl, Sandra Day O'Connor, becomes the first woman appointed to the Supreme Court. She was from Arizona. She was a judge from Arizona. It was a big deal. I remember that. I remember all the newspapers. Grandma Jean was very excited about this. And she didn't get excited about a lot of things. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, that's number eight. Amy, take us to number seven. We're getting there. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> All right, number seven, 
Huh. Yeah, waka waka. That was a big deal for me. It took off. There was a song about it, Pac-Man Fever. Do you remember that? Pac-Man Fever. I mean, it was a whole thing. It was clothes. It was a song. It was... I mean, still to this day, it's got to be the biggest video game of all time. It's got to be. Yeah. Yes, the tabletop Pac-Man. Yeah, they still make that. Yeah, that was I was addicted to that thing. Oh God. Uh, there was they were it was Blinky, Stinky, Winky, and Tinky Tinky Winky. There was all like Winky. It rhymed with, yeah. Okay. Oh, Pinky, right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Clyde. Really? <laughs> no wonder I was so bad at that game. I did not know that. <laughs> really? <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, you know, Amy, and we'll we'll talk more about arcades, I imagine, in a future episode, because I there was one down the street from our house, and for a couple of years I practically lived there, me and Steve Westby. But there has been a resurgence in the last few years, and in your town you may have a, you know, a retro nostalgia video arcade that has popped up that has the original games. We have one. I live near Traverse City, Michigan, and there's one in Traverse City called The Coin Slot, and it has not just replicas of, of Pac-Man and Donkey Kong and Galaga and all that stuff. They have the originals. Like, these are an- antiques that you can go in and you pay, I think it's $10 for an hour, and you can play as many games as you want. And so I go in there, I bring my kids in there on Sunday, and we play, and it's a lot of fun. And I'm still terrible at Pac-Man and Donkey Kong, but I'm okay at Frogger. So I got that going for me. Also, yes, also in 1980... Yeah, we keep going from, like, fun ones to, like, ugh. <laughs> it's coming in at number six. Uh, John Lennon is shot and killed, um, and that was, uh, that was, I remember, the thing I remember, you, you might have been a bit young, Amy, but I clearly remember how distraught Mom was when that happened, and I was confused by it. I had um, no idea. I didn't really know who John Lennon was at that time, um, and I didn't really understand. And Dad kind of explained it to who the Beatles were. That didn't really do do any any good. But uh, yeah, it was uh, Mark David Chapman who was a fan, a super fan, and uh, he shot John Lennon outside of his apartment building in New York City mm-hmm. in 1980. Mm-hmm. Huge Beatles fans. That was my that was my first album that I ever bought, and I just recently watched all eight and a half hours of the Get Back documentary. And if you're, it's amazing. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Right. If you love the Beatles, you've got to see it. Peter Jackson directed it. It's amazing. It really gives you an insight into who they were and how they wrote music and how they loved each other and how they hated each other. And and uh, it was it's really amazing. Um, and good job. Thank you. Thank you, Peter Jackson. And Laura. Mm -hmm. Top five. <laughs> Another thing that was on TV that I was like, why is this on TV every day? <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to the Iranians, right? Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we were kids. I was 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sure. Oh, yes. She kind of looked like Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was the one shredding all the documents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot about Fawn Hall. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. Unlike number four, which is not fun at all. Number four, on the early morning hours of April 26, 1986, the Chernobyl nuclear disaster happened. This is another one. If you haven't seen the HBO miniseries Chernobyl, do it. Have you seen it, Amy? Oh, you've got to see it. It's it's intense. It's not uplifting in any way whatsoever. It is extremely dark, but it does an amazing job of really explaining it, it wasn't just it was a series of of errors and also the kind of the hubris of the Soviet Union came into play you, uh, where people are just not wanting to admit that they made a mistake and they're trying to cover their there was a lot of covering your own butt going on that made it all worse. But it all led to the meltdown of, of our nuclear reactor in Chernobyl in I believe Chernobyl's in the Ukraine. And, uh, yeah, the effects of that are still being felt today as well. There's an exclusion zone to this day around the, the Chernobyl plant. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it was it, there was toxic radiation like going through the air all over Europe for days, weeks, I think. Uh, it was really bad. It, it didn't kill a lot of people, but 
the environmental damage was l- severe and long lasting. Anyway, HBO has a miniseries. About, it's called Chernobyl. I can't recommend it enough. It's one of the best docu-series I've ever seen. It's amazing. Yeah, really well done. Oh, good. Okay. Huh. Man, it was huge. It was huge. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, sparkly socks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did he have the glove at that time? Okay. It was, it's hard to explain because like something like that is just not going to happen these days. You know, I I mean, like pop stars, like having a moment on live television because live television isn't isn't even really a thing anymore. You know, I mean, I guess like Twitter is like the closest thing we have to live television. I don't know. But there, there aren't many cultural phenomenon like that, 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 these days and it was i mean we were part of that 35 percent watching it on tv i think our parents watched it too actually i think yeah it was a big deal all right let's go to number two this is going to be a little bit of a letdown but it ended up well mostly okay and number two in our top 20 events of the 1980s the assassination attempt on president ronald reagan in march Wait, Robin Laura Petrie of the Dick Van Dyke Show? Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think I, th- I think I think Dick Van Dyke is still alive. I believe he's like 110 or something. Yeah. But anyway, March 30th, 1981, President Reagan was shot and wounded by John Hinckley Jr. in Washington D.C. just outside the Washington Hilton Hotel. John Hinckley believed the attack would impress Jodie Foster, the actress who he had apparently had a major, major crush on. Uh, Reagan survived, um, but James Brady, who I believe was his press secretary at the time, was paralyzed. And, uh, yeah. And, yeah, and then that led to... Hmm. Yes. No, I re- I do re- I do have a memory of this and you were there. We were I don't know if you remember this. So wait, what year is this? 81. So you were like 5ish. I was 9ish and we were in the car. We were in the back seat of the Crown Victoria, the tuna boat. And oh wait, no, this would have been not that. We didn't have that car yet. We had another giant car. It was a Mercury Cougar. <laughs> We had a Mercury Cougar. We were in the back of the car and we went to grandma's house and we heard about the assassination attempt on the radio on the way there. 
And mom started like, I don't know why, but a lot of these events for me involve mom getting upset. <laughs> you know, John Lennon and a lot of these. Mom got upset. We rushed to grandma's house and went inside and watched the news coverage on TV. I remember this well, pretty clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right. Yes. Yeah. We we knew what number 1 was going to be. Yep. Happened in January of 1986. Yeah. Well, I'll let you tell the story, Dr. Amy, because you have a personal story about this tragic event. Yeah. They pulled the TVs into the classrooms and like I, I think just about every classroom in America was watching this live. Well, and you didn't want to not go to school. Yeah. 
about this is, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm sitting there and it's done, right? And then yeah. the phone rings and it's mine. So she's at work mm. and she calls me because she knows, you know, I'm not going to say she's, I don't know, she watched it live two weeks ago, you know. Uh, Probably, yeah. I'll bet. I'll bet you do, yeah. 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 Well, anything that is provides lifetime trauma for. <laughs> well, I, I, I remember watching it. I don't remember what class I was in. I was in junior high. I would have been like 13, I think. And they rolled out the TV and the little AV cart and we were watching it. And then it happened in like, oh, my God. I mean, people were crying and it, they quickly turned it off and. And and we didn't watch the we tried to like go back to class and that was I don't remember maybe we got out early that day I don't remember but my first thought and I wasn't the most thoughtful brother uh, ever but my first thought was oh my god Amy's at home by herself uh, yeah crazy. like that's Jesus <laughs> that's that can't be good <laughs> yeah. 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 That's number number one on our list. Yeah. Got a little dark. Got a little dark there. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. I remember that. Mm hmm. I loved that show, and I wasn't, I was a little young for it, and I didn't quite know why I loved that show, but I did. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that didn't last long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I don't rem I don't really remember this. Oh, I kind of Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Was it Was that the f it's still going. And and that was I remember that show back this is I'm going to play Simpsons hipster back when it was part of the Tracy Ullman show. And it looked very different, yeah. 
Okay. Well, let me let me rattle off a, a few more that didn't make the cut. And we ended up cutting a lot of the sports-related ones. And so here's a few of those. 1986, Mike Tyson becomes the youngest heavyweight boxing champion. In 1984, for the first time, the Lakers and the Celtics meet in the NBA Finals, Larry Bird versus Magic Johnson. Also in 1984, Michael Jordan enters the NBA, changing it forever. For our wrestling fans out there, and I know there are at least two of you, 1985, WrestleMania debuts with Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. (laughs) And then in 1988, we had the Summer Olympics in Seoul, and that was the one where Greg Luganis hit his head on the diving board. But won a gold medal anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good stuff. We did we did the best we could. And again, that was not easy. We started off with a massive list of like, I don't know, 40 or 50 events. If if you are if right now, if you are steaming mad because we missed the thing we missed. I have this sneaking fear that we did miss something obvious. We we may have. Then please go to our Facebook page. Look for the Latchkey Kids with the little neon TV logo. Be friends with our page and let us know in the comments what we did wrong and how we screwed up. And uh, stay tuned to that page because we're, we're, we're going to be asking more questions in the future. And Because we really got a lot of response and we really appreciate the assistance with this episode. Yeah, all the, yeah, really cool to have some audience participation. 20 episodes, Amy. We did it. You think we got, do we have 20 more in us? Yeah. Well, it could. (laughs) Whoa. That's ambitious. Yeah. We got a long list, and we do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I I think we're going to do an entire episode about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, you're right. We're going to keep at it. We're going to have at least 20 more episodes. Thank you for listening to the Latchkey Kids. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.